when it comes to raising young heroes, there's no quick pill. There is not. So get over yourself with that. Okay, what we're really doing at that point is we're taking the finite amount of, of energy and thought that we've got and we are projecting into the future. We are looking at a, at a place that we can't control. Right. And we are going, how do we fix the world for my young kid, which inherently takes away the energy from going, how do I prepare my kid for the world? Welcome to the Choosing Greatness podcast, where we explore the stories of ordinary people who have made an extraordinary impact by finding their greatness. It is time for you to find yours and live it out. I am so excited to finally be launching episode one. I want to thank each of you for giving this a listen today. I am your host, Joseph Dalton. The purpose of this podcast is to help you discover the greatness inside you and live it out. Today, I am joined with my friend and mentor, Matt Bodro. Matt is a father, husband, founder of Acton Academy, and co-founder of the Apogee Strong Mentorship Program for Teenage Boys. Matt is an international speaker on the topics of parenting and education. If you are a parent, you will want to listen closely. He is passionate about raising up strong leaders for the next generation, and I'm excited to talk with him today. Matt, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you. Honor is mine. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate the the awesome intro and and uh, yeah. always get to good to connect with you know always good to get to connect with good people but good people that are dads too. Uh, sure, that's just an extra bonus, man. So, yeah, yeah. No, it's an honor. I'm ready to uh, dive in here and talk cool. about some of the things that that you've had experience with and the things that you're passionate about. You have a great way of instilling a new way of thinking with parenting and education, and that's what I've latched onto in the last couple months. So you refer to kids as heroes. Yes, sir. And you also, you know, talk about their inner genius mm-hmm. and how they're born with all the tools to become that genius That's right. and that hero. And I think as parents, man, we all need help guiding that and pulling out that genius and that hero. My wife and I, we use the word intentional. Mm-hmm. And so how do you take that intentionality and really deposit those things into your children yeah. to bring out that genius. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love the way you framed it and, and the way you started this whole thing, you know, the, um, the myth there's, there's so many myths. And I think that's really where we're starting here. And in, in the way you frame this is, is all the myths that we have to overcome as parents, one that you can be a perfect parent, uh, more and more people realize, okay, there's no such thing as being a perfect parent, right? But uh, one of the things I always encourage parents to do is to realize their job is to still try to be the perfect parent, sure. right? The standard should still remain perfection. So we've had this interesting shift in our culture where, you know, we're, we're open and honest about failures, which we should be. We are um, more apt to say, look, man, you messed up and it's okay. And that's a great thing. We should be there. But we're also starting to slide a little further down that scale where we excuse the same mistakes over and over and over. And at some point, we got to realize that if we're continuously making the same mistakes, well, we're actually just choosing something. 
It's like the everything in moderation crowd. That usually means you're going to consume something in excess. Sure. And you're going to just say everything in moderation, everything in moderation. So I don't, you know, I don't buy that because it, it usually ends up being a cop out. So that's one of those myths that, you know, we should just let everything slide like that. No, we should be intentional. I want, I will never be the perfect dad. I will never be the perfect husband. I'll never be either of those. I'll never be the perfect leader. I'll never be the perfect brother, son. I will never have perfection in those areas but I will strive for perfection in every single one of those every single day. But I want to make sure the talking about that inherent genius of, of the young people too, that is the default setting, right? That is the, and I don't care if you understand, you know, I'll say understand because this is from my belief system. I don't care if you, if you're looking at it from a creative standpoint, if you want to look at it from, you know, whatever standpoint you want to look at, the reality is when that human being is born, the default setting, and I believe the creator's default setting for us is a perfect being. That is a being that has got every single, it's got a very specific, um, that young man, young woman has a very specific purpose. They have a very specific gifting. They have a very specific DNA. And there are ways to unlock that DNA, but there's also ways to shut that down. Wow. Wow. Right. There are ways to eliminate um, all view for that young person and what they can be. It's like the uh, it's like training elephants. Right. You take that young elephant, you tie them up to a to a, a post and the young elephant, you know, with a small rope around its leg, it pulls and pulls. It knows it shouldn't be tied to this post and it just cannot get away. But eventually it acquiesces and it just decides, you know what, man, I'm, I guess this is just it. Like I just there, I'm not going to be able to, you know get away from this post. And what's sad is that when that elephant is full grown and is this large, magnificent beast that's capable of so much, you can keep it tied to that same small post with the same small rope. And it's wow. not because it can't physically pull right, away, right. right? It's because it can't mentally get around those barriers. And so we are taking what we were doing with children, both from a parenting standpoint and, and a lot of times in the game of school, and we are tying ropes around them very early and very often. So our job as, as parents, first and foremost, is to make sure that those ropes aren't there. It's to make sure that we keep the ropes away. We look at that young genius as, you know, kind of this flower that is going to bloom. And, and so our job isn't to go yell at the flower, beat the flower to do what flowers would do. Our job is to go, okay, what's the soil got to be? What's the sun? What's the water? Like, what's the environment so that the flower sure. can do what it is supposed to do naturally? It's that. What are some daily habits or daily uh, deposits that parents can start putting into their children, mm -hmm. you know, today, the parents mm -hmm. that are listening? I'm glad to give a few and I want to give, you know, I want to give a handful, right? But I also want to be very, very clear. Um, it's not as easy as drink more water for parenting, right? right? This right. is a long tail game. And we're, again, in a culture that values the easy, the, the you know, what's the hack is the word now, right? Like what is Shortcut. the hack? The, what is the life hack? What is the, yes. Yeah, so essentially we're being conditioned to go, okay, what is the easiest possible route to something, right? I can work at something, but gosh, if I can take a pill around it and get there quicker, I'd rather do that. And so when it comes to raising young heroes, there's no quick pill. There is not. So get over yourself with that first and foremost. So 
first thing when I talk to any parent and they want to go, okay, well, what do I need to, my, my young hero is experiencing this, doing this. We're coming up on this stage. We're doing what, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I never start with the young person. I start with, you know, uh, with the parent, right? I don't start with the flower that is going to be blooming in this garden. I start with the gardener. Love That's it. where it's got to start. Love it. Modeling. So mom and dad, before we ever get into, okay, well, here's what I need to do f to my kids, for my kids, with my kid, you need to fix yourself. And, and I say that from a very loving standpoint. We all have work to do, right? But it is the leading by example that is going to matter over and over and over again. Because the minute you start giving directions to that young hero, the minute you start setting out a standard for the young hero, you start laying something out that that young hero is going to need to take on. Well, this young hero, remember default setting is, a geni is, is genius level, right? So if that young hero goes, okay, this is what I'm being told to do, but I watch mom and I watch dad, that's not what they do. How do you live? How do you live? Right? Because you, your parent, what I always say is your, your kids will do what you do before they do what you say. So if there is a disconnect, even if they don't consciously understand that disconnect, even if it's just a subconscious understanding, there is that understanding. So they won't fully buy in to whatever it is that you're espousing because, well, you're not giving me the example of that. And I talked to another guy recently Jason uh, Moppin with Elevate Industries. And he taught me that because he deals with a lot of teenagers. And the number one thing he said is that teenagers can read people. Sure. And they're smart yep. in, intuitively. Very much so. And even younger kids, mm -hmm. they understand, obviously, as you're explaining, that if you're telling me to do one thing and doing another, they weren't taught that that's a problem. That's a you know natural instinct that... Mom's not doing it, so why would I do it? Right. So you're saying parents need to look in the mirror and get real and get raw with themselves, with their marriage, if they're married, and improve that to show their children. They need to improve their relationship with everything. Again, you know, kind of what we were saying at the beginning, right? I'm never going to be the perfect uh, father, husband, physical specimen, friend, leader, entrepreneur, entrepreneur. You know, I won't be perfect in any of those areas, but I strive to be the best I can in every single one of those. I let perfection remain the standard so that I can continue to get better because it's not just, you know, my relationship with my wife is going to be a standard for my young heroes. Wow. They're going to watch that, right? Wow. Gonna, my son's going to watch that and see this is how a man treats a woman. My relationship with my wife is going to be how my daughters look up to me and go, okay, this is how a man is supposed to treat a woman. Wow. Right? So they're going to keep that as a standard. But my relationship with anybody, when we're out in public and we're talking to the waiter at the restaurant, when we're talking to the person at the grocery store, Love it. my relationship with physical fitness, my relationship with health, my relationship with money, the way I talk about money, the way I talk about what it is, what it is not, right? If I have stress around it and I'm scared of it and I have a, a limiting belief around it and I express that over and over again, well, my young heroes are going to pick up on that too. So my relationship with anyone and anything is going to be what they are catching and learning first, 
right? So however I act in those areas, it is te- that is by default, it is teaching them that. And so I want them to see the best version of that. I want them to see an honest version of that. I want them to see a version of that that plays out with how I live my day-to-day life. Because again, if they see hypocrisy, and they may not even know the word hypocrisy, but they understand what that is. Sure. Even if it's subconsciously, it's they get it. Wow. And so not only does that change their view of whatever you know, little bucket we're talking about here, but it also starts to break the trust between myself and them, right? Again, not necessarily even consciously, but if they start going, okay, well, dad says this, but does this. Harder to bond if the child does not trust the model. They don't fully trust the model that they're seeing, right? And so you're shaking the foundation for them from the beginning, if you are not lockstep in line, acting as you are saying you want to act. So I love that and I appreciate that. So parenting can be scary at times Mm. when you think about 10 or 20 years from now, what are your kids gonna be doing? Sure. What are they gonna be passionate about? Who are they gonna marry? Because my, you know, uh, vision of my children is that you know, like a retirement, right? Like if you work and you're going to retire at 60, you better plan for retirement because you won't get a paycheck after 60 unless you do something to create that paycheck now at age 30 or 40 or 50. And so parenting to me is similar to that in the sense that one day I will have to let go of my children. Obviously you're not fully letting go, but, but physically you know, from the influence you have in your home, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that influence and that time expires. And so they get, you know, (laughs) hopefully not kicked out of the nest, but they will leave the nest and be 100% detached from their parents, free to do whatever they want to do. And it is a little scary. And so what I'm looking for on a daily basis is how can I equip and train and coach and help and encourage and cultivate yep. those boys to be solid, ready, ready right? to go, ready to be sovereign. Right? And what you're saying is by living by example is probably 75% of that. It's a huge step. It is step one. And you invite them along your own journey along the way, right? You want them to be what? You want them to be sovereign individuals who are capable, who are happy, who are purpose-driven, who are impactful, who are living a life of service, who are living a life of, of their own design. You want all of these things, right? I ask, you know, I have rooms full of parents, thousands upon thousands of parents over the years. When I ask, what do you want for your young person? And it comes down to relatively some summation of, of a very similar thing, right? So you start, so if you wanted your kid to be a, a good three-point shooter, a good foul shooter, uh, really good off the dribble, able to cross over if you want well you would work on those skills for years on end and you would have to have that skill set ideally to be able to teach it and coach it so So if you want all those things mm -hmm. for your young person growing again start moving yourself in that direction now and bring your young heroes along with you again yes we can go into some more minutiae of some things to include things to take away we can go into more and i there's more there's definitely more to talk about there but again you need to do that. The reason it, it's it's scary for individuals to think of that, and you're not alone in in thinking that way. Um, that gosh, it's scary. It's it's because of a couple things. One, we don't feel like there's somewhere in us where we don't feel like we're doing what we 
uh, could fully be doing right now as an adult, right? We, we're trained to not trust young people because we were taught as young people that we could not be trusted. Well, guess what that manifests into? It manifests into a self-belief that, well, I don't, I'm not really to be trusted right here. So I'm not fully confident in who we are to start with, right? So we got to get that part back right. and bring them along, you know, in that. Know that you have something journey. of value to model for your kids. That's absolutely it. But then we also get caught in the scariness or, or the intimidation of thinking about, oh my gosh, what does the future hold? What does 15 years down the road look like? What does 20 years down the road look like? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so I, when we're in that mindset, we're trying to go, okay, what we're really doing at that point is we're taking the finite amount of, of energy and thought that we've got and we are projecting into the future. We are looking at a, at a place that we can't control right. and we are going, how do we fix the world for my young kid, which inherently takes away the energy from going, how do I prepare my kid for the world? Sure. That's a different focus. Sure. You're not going to be able to change the world for your young hero, right? Because sure. the world is going to change. You bet. The world's going to change. It's continuously changing. It's changing now at a more rapid pace than it ever has. People could argue that in a lot of ways it's changing for the better. It's a lot of ways changing for the worse. Right. I would tend to agree with both of those. I think there's a lot of pluses. I think there's a lot of minuses. My job is not to try to change that because I can't. Right. So my job is to spend my time being the example to these heroes, but giving them the tools and the experiences and the understanding of who they are. Right, it goes back to that letting that flower grow. I want them to have self-confidence and self-awareness. Those are the only two things I need them to have. They need to know that they're capable. They need to know that they're able to learn whenever they wanna learn. They need to know that they're able to unlearn something that's no longer relevant. And they need to know what they're good at, what they're not good at, what they wanna be good at. They need to have that self-knowledge. Right. And if they have that, and the confidence to go, and I can grow in any area I want, then it doesn't matter what the world looks like because then they're able to take it on and we're gonna be taking it on together. Right, right, I love that. And I have a, a friend who's very, very successful and he is the type of guy that you you know, watch and it seems like everything he touches turns to gold mm. and a mass, you know, massive amount of confidence and success and history with business. And you know, I talked to his dad once and I asked him, you know, about raising him. Yeah. And basically he, in, in a, if we can use this word, a, a healthy form of brainwashing his yeah. child into saying, you are made for greatness. You are strong. You are capable. I mean, we're calling these kids geniuses. Yep. And so why would we not treat them that way? That's right. It's setting the standard high, but it's, it's pulling out what they're capable of by believing that that's possible. That's right. And it happens. It's all of those, it's all of those things. It's the belief that it's possible. It's verbalizing to them that, that you believe that's possible, but it's also giving them experiences to draw back on so that they believe it too, right? There's a lot of, uh, you know, it's the affirmation. We're in an affirmation generation where it's, you know, look in the mirror and tell yourself you are great, you are loved, you are worthy or whatever these, you know, the affirmations are, right? Well, there's plenty of research to show that when you do that with young heroes, it works for a very, very, very small amount of time when they're younger. And then as they get older, that needs to be tied to something. That needs to be tied to at least an effort in something, sure, right? Sure. So that you can tie the, oh my gosh, 
you are amazing because. Right. It's almost uh, like they know it, know it, know it. Now they need to believe it. Now they need to believe it. it. And they won't believe it as they get older if they're not seeing it manifested in certain ways in their life. Right. So right. tying that to, and I don't tie it to outcomes, you know, it's, oh my gosh, man, I love what you are doing right here. I love what you just created. But more importantly, I love the time, the effort, the dedication that that just took. I love that uh, you did something that you thought was a mistake. And instead of quitting, you decided to uh, get back on the horse and you decided to to try that again. And you decided to adapt and you decided those are the things that I want to praise. And that's part of that, you know, praising yeah. as, a, as a parent is you praise inspirationally, but you praise you know, the act of something more than the outcome. You praise right. the the high value sort of things. When my son opens the door for my wife or his sisters and he's like, ladies first, I will praise the crap out of that because right. that's a value-based action, right? Right. And so it's praising inspirationally around those kind of efforts and values. Of course, you're going to have to correct at some point too, but you correct calmly, praise inspirationally. So when you calmly. see your children do what you teaching them to do, yep. you essentially acknowledge that you bet. and you really break it down for them to understand. You know, my view for my oldest is I'm not giving you all these guidelines and lessons and, uh, you know, tasks and expectations because I want to make my life easy, but it's to give you the tools that you will need for your independence, which is just a few years away. That's right. Um, we call it in our home, like a caught you, right? Yeah. So we'll sit our kid down and we'll say, we caught you. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean? And they're used to it now, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. and we'll just totally break down yep. the experience at right. Costco when you, you know, grabbed the cart from the lady right. in the back of the parking lot and took it for, That's you right. know, these acts of kindness, these little sparks of, you know, I mean, if we're so quick to correct them and discipline them and snap when they're wrong, let's do the same thing when they're right. Do the same thing when they're right. And it's, uh, you know, that consistent effort. So it just becomes, this is just what we do. So we've got these 11 family rules that, that we have. And, and the whole point of that is that that becomes consistent of just who we are. We make a habit out of these values being, you know, ingrained in our life. This is who the Bodros are. This is who we are, period, end of story. So it doesn't become, you know, when you, you know, use the example at Costco or whatever, and you're helping somebody out, that's great. It's just what we do. It's not even, right. you it know, I don't normal. praise my kids anymore for, you know, brushing their teeth every day, right? right? I don't right. praise them anymore for that. It's just what we do. Well, if you make this kind of living, you make this value-based, character-based living, just what we do, then... You know, it's not like you're having to go over and above. It's just like, yep, that's what we do. And when my son opens the doors at this point, you know, I just go, hey, man, you just did that because you're a good man. That's what good men do. And it's just, you know, boom, knuckle. And it's, I acknowledge it, make sure he knows that that's still there. And now I don't have to go over and above. When he first did it, the first few times, I'm like, oh, dude, you just opened the door. That's, you're a good man. Like, this is awesome, dude. This is exactly, I did that for a while. And then it becomes common and I still acknowledge it. Sure. But I'm not going to go over and above because then it starts to get silly, right? Right. And it's just like, okay, this is what we do. And so now we can raise the bar and like, what's the next, you know, what's yeah, the next it's just, level? That's really right? winning is what you're describing is, you know, every champion that we've watched, Michael Jordan, you know, the, the so moment he next? won the championship, he what's next? talked about the next year. That's right. And you collect these wins in that's your right. life and habits. That's it. 
and you it's, keep going. You keep going. You know, Patrick Bet David uh, was on on my podcast, and he was talking about if you peak in high school, you have lost, and it's so true. And I know so many people that are there where they just go, "Yeah, man," but gosh, when I was eighteen in the in the high school, and it's cool to relive those memories and nostalgic, and like that's fine. But if that is the pinnacle, if right, if that is the if that is the apogee, so to speak, of of where you like that was it, man. That was your big approach, and that was your big win, and everything else has been downhill since then. Well you got the wrong mindset and you right. got to, like the rest of life is kind of sucked. Yeah. Many more decades to, you know, to live, we need to continue to keep moving forward. So yeah. So the 11 rules, you know, it's really the, um, the, the genesis of it was, it came out of the schools that I built. So, you know, we got uh, our schools that are, that are part of the Acton Academy network. Um, and a big part of the acting campuses is having a studio contract and studios is what we say, instead of classrooms, we have mixed age groups instead of, you know, you're just with the date of, you know, people that are the, the same date of manufacture as you, like a conveyor belt school would be, you got kind of these mixed age groups and you have your studio that is like your sacred space. So we might have a studio that's got five and six and seven year olds. They're going to be all over campus all day. They're going to be mixing with everybody else all the way up to the 18 year olds. You know, they're going to be mixing and matching all day long. There's a lot of things going on. But every group has their sacred space, their studio. And so within that studio, they create a contract. And that contract is something that we create uh, a lot of ceremony around. And so they'll create the contract of behavior in there. So what are the rules in here? And what are the, by rules, I mean, what are the character traits? What are the values that we're going to exhibit in here? And what that does is it allows me to have a, a checklist for myself going, look, I'm signing literally during the ceremony, I am signing my name to this saying, this is what I'm promising everybody else. And I'm promising myself. So I have a, a list where I can look through and go, okay, well, this is, this is just who I am. I'm here in the sacred space. This is who I am while I'm here. And then what's cool is, well, my friends also agreed, you know, Joe's going to do the same thing and that's awesome. But if Joe starts to get off track, I can also go, Hey man, you signed on to this. Here's specifically what this says. Here's specifically yeah. what you're doing, right? It gives them a tangible thing to go back to in a conversation to hold accountability. Sure. Right. And then we sure. predefine consequences for choosing something outside of that. Self-governance as well as the governance, the heroes governing one another in there, right? And that's really where the power is. I've got tangible things to point to for my self-governance, and I've got tangible things to point to to help govern us as this small community and small society. Different roles. Exactly. So I brought that back into the house and just said, hey, what should our family rules be? What's our family contract look like? Who do we want to be? And the reason it's so powerful is because once we sat down, we defined what those what those were. And my son was too young to really participate at the time. Um, but my girls were able to participate and, uh, my wife and I, and so, you know, we came down with what we wanted our rules to be our values. This is just who the Bodros are. And we got those framed. So it sits on our wall, non-negotiables, non-negotiables. Those are our non-negotiables as a family. And the reason it's so valuable is for that same thing. It's self-governance first, right? I can look at that and go, Hey man, if this is the lens that we live our lives, you know, looking through, uh, and I know that this is one of our core values. It makes it really easy for me to make decisions on right. a day-to-day -day basis. Right. So I can look through those. I got, I have the, the, you know, opportunity and to go, Hey honey, I can call my wife out on it and go, Hey, remember, this is the contract. So what's going on? I can call my kids on it. Yep. You bet. This is the reason it's so powerful is my kids can do the same thing to us. My kids have every right in this small community to respectfully go, Hey dad, Rule number six, 
no complaining, fix it. It sounds it, like you're complaining. It takes right? a lot of What's the pressure your... off a parent who thinks they need to correct 39 things in one day. Yep. They it's, just point to the they rules. Just point to this. this is who we are. And it's powerful when you allow them to call you out on it too, and you live by it and, and you in, switch. This is standards and it's just all of our standards. And again, when my son goes, dad, I took my socks off the other day because we come in from the ranch and I got a bunch of stuff that was like sticking in, in my, in my boot and I took it off and it was sticking in my feet and I took my sock off and I'm like, dang it. I, I just sat on the floor and I'm like, what the heck? And then I get into this conversation with one of my daughters and, and my son comes in, he's like, dad, we don't put socks on the ground, man. And I'm like, Love it. Oh my gosh, you're right. So, so right, right there, you showed him how to take correction. I showed him that it, how to take correction. I showed him, you're right. We don't negotiate on some of these standards. That's it, right? And so he goes, okay. And so now that level of trust for me right. just increased. So I think that your son learned how to take correction by giving correction right there. You bet. And a lot of families, 100%. you know, the dad and mom are not questioned. The that's dad right. and mom do are not. Say, not as I do. Right. Right. And that's powerful. That's right. So you're giving, I think a lot of what you teach and believe in and have watched flourish in children becoming adults is giving them power, giving them decision-making capabilities, projects. Bingo. I mean, you, the schools you set up, you, Bingo. they're self-governed by the kids. They create exactly. the rules. They call out their classmate if they're out of line. Bingo. And I'll, my goodness, as a parent, that takes so much pressure off the feeling of thinking that you need to control this chaotic That's environment right. every day. It just puts the pressure back on you to make sure you're leading by example and that you're consistent, right? That you're consistent exactly. in making sure you're living the standard, you're calling them out, you're letting them call you out. It's just that consistency. It's that habit um, of, it's that habit of greatness, right? It's that habit of um, whatever the word is for your family or whatever those values are. It's the habit of all of those. And so, you know, and, I, and this, and I'll loop back in to answer your question around Acton too, but um, you know, when you talk about habits, you're talking about, you know, what eventually creates your character, which is, you know, it's who you are, right? There is one of the rules in our house that we, we stole the verbiage from Jocko Willing, but it's discipline equals freedom. And so people ask me all the time when they meet my kids, they go, oh my gosh, how do you discipline your kids? Oh, dude, those are like, I just met young adults. How do you discipline your kids? How do you discipline your kids? Like that's the word that they use. And I always tell them, I don't discipline my kids. We've shown our young kids how to be disciplined people. So you teach them to be disciplined human beings. And by disciplined, we just mean they know the habits that create winning in life. They know what those wow, values are. Powerful. They know how to operate in any environment because they're looking through that lens of a winning, effective person, right? Is they're it? looking through that lens already. I know my kids are six at the time of this recording, six, nine, and 11. They are six, nine, and 11-year-old adults. I know 40-year-old children. I know six-year-old adults. Love it. Right? It's Love a choice it. on how you are going to, how intentional you are around your life. My kids are very, very intentional, and that is not in a militant way. It is not in a, oh my gosh, we gotta follow the rules here, here, and here. No, they've experienced the power of it. So they're excited. When I say discipline equals freedom, they are the most free young people I have ever seen. And when I say free, I mean peace of mind. They are so happy. They are content. They are motivated. They are driven. They are curious. All because they've got a very... 
they've learned to be very disciplined in the intentionality around their day-to-day life. And if you set those standards at an early age, they already have seen the rewards of self-discipline. You know, I have a, a, uh, philosophy <laughs> or a quote behind this, which I think is in line and, uh, winners win and losers lose. And as much as that's cliche or short or simple, mm-hmm. it's actually pretty deep. Mm-hmm. And my point of that is that there's a reason winners win mm-hmm. and there's a reason losers lose. And what you're essentially talking about in teaching with young kids is how to win. That's right how to get out of life what you want oh. in the right organic i mean there's that's right, that's right. you and know it, it's not these a, principles it, are not new they're not new it's just it's the work involved in it right hard it's work pays off like saying you know, people everybody oh how do everybody knows how to stay in shape everybody understands how to stay in shape like nobody's going to be like i think you should probably drink less water like no everybody like drink more water yeah should you exercise yes should you eat real food rather than that bag of skittles obviously everybody knows what they need to do in a general sense the hard part is getting people to actually do it today and then again tomorrow so talk to me about these schools so So act in academy for those listening, it's A-C-T-O-N, Correct. academy.org. Mm-hmm. And I was looking on your list. I didn't yeah. see any in, in Minnesota. So you take a, uh, what do you call them, an ambassador or an owner or a, yep. not a franchise. This isn't yeah. a franchise, it's but a it's franchise. similar. similar. Yeah, it's, it's similar. So it, we really are building a network of individuals. It's a network of, you know, peop- I want to make sure this part's clear because people go, oh, okay, well, I'm not a teacher. I can't do this. No, 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 no. We're looking for a network of entrepreneurs and parents the ideal candidate is an entrepreneurial parent right right somebody who i've got young kids of my own and i've got this entrepreneurial dna where i want to go ahead and create a solution to a problem i want to create it first and foremost for my own young heroes that i'm raising and then i want to go ahead and expand that and welcome other young heroes in our you know in our environment in our community so that's who we're looking for so we've got this network now that's about 300 uh, deep individual owners in, wow. I want to say we're close to like 40 states and maybe 20, 25, 26 countries wow. out of those 300. And so it's a network of people who are deciding to build a better educational model that is able to continuously adapt as the world adapts and to provide a real educational experience versus school. I always differentiate between the two. Schooling is a system. It's a system we've all grown up with. It's become a a major, maybe the biggest religion in our country. That's how I refer to it. It's because it's really hard for people to break the habits of schooling. Um, They're very tied to it emotionally, even if I can get them to see the, the, the faults intellectually and I can walk them through an intellectual process of like, this is how it looks different. The emotional attachment to it is really, 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 really strong, right? So, um, you know, it's we differentiate that, but we're creating real educational environments, and we're working together uh, to to collaborate on what that looks like. I mean, essentially, you're creating an environment where they are educated in in a fashion that brings out their inner genius, like we talked about. Bingo. It, it brings out that artist, yep. the entrepreneur, exactly. the the business owner, the you know yep. whatever they're called to be, and so. The Acton Academy is 
like a school in the sense that there's a building, right? Correct, a brick and, and mortar, uh, brick and mortar, okay. and young people show up. Okay, and yeah. are we talking uh, K through twelve? How many students are yeah. in the average academy? Yep. So sovereignty of the owner, and I love that you guys homeschool and always tell families like those are those are the the options. And if you, you know, and and I talk to a lot of families too that say oh, we can't homeschool. There's no way for us to do that because, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you this probably 50% of those I can, you know, if we shift some priorities around, yeah, we can still make it work. Sure. Um, obviously much harder for us. you know, I, I, my heart goes out to single moms and all that. Like I get all of theirs. Everybody's got their, right. Everybody's got the excuses. Sometimes they're valid. Uh, sometimes they're, sometimes they're not. Sure. Sometimes it's a reason more often than not, it's an excuse. Right. So I love that. I say either homeschool or find an actin or build an actin. To me, those are, those are the things you need to be thinking about. So for the typical campus, um, you know, it's sovereignty of the individual owner, right? So they, that individual owner really gets to kind of, um, really gets to kind of play with, again, that's where that entrepreneurial DNA comes in. Like you get to play with kind of, where do you want to go with this? So sure. some, some of the campuses will start and they'll have, you know, they'll start out with just five and six year olds, which is by the way, ideal. Cause you're setting a foundation, that mindset. It's really hard to bring a bunch of 14 year olds that have been traditionally schooled sure. conveyor belt school. And all of a sudden give them a bunch of ownership and, and say, you're going to be self-directed it's a unicorn that does that. I sure. mean, it's, it really is. So ideally you want to start with a younger, a younger age group. Um, and some of them will start with six or seven of them and then just organically grow, um, into where they're adding more and more, you know, age ranges. My campuses that I've built are, are, we don't use grades, but you know, K through 12, so to speak. So we got five-year-olds all the way up to 18 year olds and, and everywhere in between. Um, I try to keep my physical campuses to, 150 to 200. We don't want to go really over that. And there's some social um, kind of sociology studies to, to show that because what happens is you start to go over that 200-ish mark and you start to lose community. You can't really know everybody very well at that stage. Sure, so we try sure. to keep it to where, because I want the five-year-olds to know the 18-year-olds, the right. 18-year-olds to know the five-year-olds. Keep the quality keep versus the quality. quantity. Yes, everybody knows, and they're going to be working together closely, you know, and so they all know each other. So that's the the average size, 150 to 200. If you can get to that mark where it's really running itself well there and you go over that well then we usually would launch a, another campus wow i love that. that that's amazing that's a lot of locations mm-hmm. and a lot of impact mm-hmm. that you've created and it's a, that's it's huge it's awesome we could probably do several more podcasts about the stories just on, just on that that alone. have come out of that no environment yep so it's yep. Uh, you're essentially uh teaching how to how to garden, <laughs> how so, to bring out the best so, of what a child is meant to be. Exactly. And we're, it's, it's, um, we're allowing for the flowers to grow versus teaching the flowers to grow. Sure. Right. So the adults are there not to teach. We'd actually, we don't hire anybody that we would call a teacher. We don't usually even hire people who have experience as quote unquote teachers in your schools. We hire guides, right? They're guides, they're mentors, and the reason we don't hire teachers is because we won't lecture ever and we don't answer questions on campus. I mean, you lose kids when you talk past about five minutes, <laughs> right? Sure. And sure. so, for sure, you know, for they're, sure, they're young, energy, they're active, they want to touch, feel, run. They and you start to build in the habit of I've always got to go to whoever claims the authority, I always have to go to them as the expert. 
I always right. have to look for somebody else to tell me what to do, who I am, when wow. I'm supposed to wow. do things, what so am I supposed to think, what am I supposed to do. Yep. Things that leads into adulthood. And that's an issue. And that's why there's one entrepreneur for every 200 people. Yep. Because yep, absolutely, and that's why there's so many blindly obedient people. That's why there's so many people incapable of civil discourse and understanding how to genuinely express their thoughts, understanding that when it gets down to the brass tacks, everybody, there's three of us in this room right now, and we're all pretty similar, you know, minded and, and have very similar backgrounds and similar belief systems. And that's great. But it wouldn't take too long if we really wanted to jump into it. We'd find something we disagree on. You and right. I would, and you know, this gentleman would like, we'd find something, right? I can find something I disagree with my wife, and I'm closer to her. So what do we just hang it up? No, you end up having civil discourse, you figure it out. When we talk to our heroes about the rules of engagement of a good conversation, right? To be able to express your thoughts, to be able to provide evidence, focus on the rules of engagement. The content will never matter. You can talk about anything if your rules of engagement are adhered to. If you and I come in and I'm a Jew and you're Muslim, we right. can come in and go, my tribe, your tribe, let's be enemies. Or we can go, okay, the rules of engagement are, I'm going to present my side and you're going to listen to it. And I'm going to give you ample evidence and what evidence I think I have. I'm going to allow you to listen to that, to take that in, to challenge that. We're going to both try to be concise. We're going to both try to not be emotional with all of this. We're just going to kind of take a look. We're going to maybe set a predetermined time for how long are we going to let this go so we're not beating around the bush. So right? We're going to have somebody check facts sure. while we're talking. If you put those rules of engagement in, the conversation can go anywhere because it stays respectful and it stays. It allows you to go in a much greater depth uh, than you normally would because usually it stays surface level more because of emotions than anything else. Right. Right. So there was a quote I read on your Instagram that said, educating the mind without educating the heart yep. is no education at all. Right. So talk to me about what the school system today is avoiding mm -hmm. in that. I mean, it's literally, if, if I had to get, I mean, if I had to put an analogy, you know, numbers to it, it's, it's a hundred percent educating the mind, which we could, get into about yeah, the, the flaws there, there. Mm -hmm. but I didn't learn, you know, I did go to a private school, so I did, mm -hmm. I was educated a little bit mm -hmm. of the heart, but that's not a normal thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could talk about all the things that we don't learn in school that we need in the real world, mm -hmm. you know, finances and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in this case, heart is so powerful. That's where your character is. That's where you, you know, we're so obsessed in this world with the outside of mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. the image, mm -hmm. the stuff, the the business moguls and the Instagrammers and this model of models almost, yeah. right? These people that we see or listen to. But what I'm passionate about is who people are on the inside. Sure. And if you hang around them long enough, you you see it. You figure out who that is. But how right. do we, what does that mean by educating the heart yeah. of a child? So one of the things we were talking about at the beginning of what do we want for our kids, right? And that when we're talking about education and we're talking about schools, and again, remember, I differentiate. I you know, talk about education and schooling as being two different things. Sure. And so when we're talking about what do we want for our young heroes, well, if they're going to be in a place called school and they're going to be there five days a week for 12 years, 16 years, whatever that looks like, wow. then we should be asking the question right at the forefront, what should this place be for? Right? Wow. 
if we're going to match up and go, this is what we want for our young heroes, what should this place be for that they're spending the, the lion's share of their, you know, their most developmental years? In my head, it should be to push them towards all these things we say we want. Right. Right. All of these attributes we say we want for them. Shouldn't the lion's share of their time then, when you're building the foundation of a human being, shouldn't it be a foundation that makes sense for whatever that final house is supposed to look like? Well, what schooling does is it says, we're going to put academia on a pedestal. And does academia, academic success transfer over to this house? It doesn't. And it's pretty easy to prove that it doesn't. And you and I both know, even just from a very basic, logical way to look at it, you and I both know people listening to this all know people who did very well playing the game of school and they got straight right, A's right. and they're doing well. We also know people who got straight A's and they're doing awfully they're miserable they're poor they're hungry they're angry we know people that did awfully in school and then didn't do well in life we know people who did awfully in school and are crushing things are happy are impactful are so it's no indication of future success zilch but it's the entirety of success over here so what happens is people get upset about schooling right now, mostly because of the indoctrination that goes on and you use the word brainwashed earlier. And here's the reality. Everybody's being brainwashed all the time by somebody. The question is who's doing the brainwashing? Sure. Are you doing it to yourself? Are you allowing God to brainwash you? Are you allowing the person next door to brainwash you? Somebody on TV, the books you're reading, like who is doing and is the it brainwashing? healthy brainwashing is it or brainwashing is it unhealthy? Or is it not? Right. right? Because right. there's both. Right. So you want to be intentional about that too. So the biggest problem isn't just the fact that you've got all these agendas that are that are playing out right because a lot of, I hear a lot of parents that go look I don't like where government schooling is going you got all these agendas playing out whether it's a, the early sexualization agendas the you know the whole gender fluidity kind of stuff the uh, you know the political indoctrination right all right you got all these things so they're like ah so I moved them out and I went to a nice you know Christian school so that my kids could not be indoctrinated wrong. They're still being indoctrinated there. It's just, do you want that specific indoctrination? And here's the sneaky, the sneaky thing about school. If you take your child out of a conveyor belt government school and you put them into a conveyor belt private religious school, right? You might not have the political stuff or the sexualization stuff. You still have that conveyor belt portion. The method is the same. And that conveyor belt portion is the sneaky damaging thing for young people. Because what you're doing is you are building habits. You are ingraining habits. You are ingraining a mentality. You are ingraining a mindset that they will almost assuredly never break free of. You are putting ropes upon rope upon rope on that young baby elephant that when that young baby elephant then needs to go out into the world as a large elephant he or she cannot break those ropes and they stay encaged it's those habits that are the sneaky most damaging things in conveyor belt schools i think a lot of parents uh, start homeschooling and they try mm. to set up their home to be they a school recreate school and uh you know, we've done school yeah. at 10 p.m. We've done school on a Sunday. We've done school what in the done, car. And what does done school mean? Right. Getting, what does done school mean? Does that well, mean I'm focusing on academia right, together? Right. That's so we've been trained. So that's a great segue because what does homeschooling look like? What are the benefits and why 
why should a family homeschool? Obviously, I'm convinced, and we have our style and method and purpose. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what is school for? You asked earlier, right. and I've seen it asked on your other podcasts. Yep. And so, I guess my belief is that from an academic standpoint, I would like for my children to know how to read, sure, write, sure, and do math. Right. And each one and of those takes about fifty hours total. Exactly. You you talked about algebra being a course that, uh, you know, however old of a kid can pass in about 50 hours of time. Total work. And so since those only take maybe an hour a day of, you know, the books or the, whatever you're using as your tool, what are the, what do you get to do with your child the other four to five hours a day? It's a great question, man. So the best way to improve your child's education is to continuously improve your own. Okay. So again, it goes back to that parent leading by example thing. So it's continuously improving your own and you're bringing them along in this, in this journey of life. You are co, uh, sojourners on this hero's journey, right? Where you're maintaining your own curiosity about how do I grow? What's next? What's out there? What can I explore? And you're bringing along this fellow traveler on talked about how to learn versus what to learn. It's a how to learn and it's it's how to experience. So um, the timing of this is, is cool. We're launching our, our homeschool, uh, you know, our homeschool course around this to help parents understand all of these concepts. But, wow. you know, so like this morning, I mean, I so I live on now. Not everybody lives on a ranch. Got it. I get it. Point is, I'm giving the example of this is where we are right now is we live on this ranch. That ranch has a lot of responsibilities uh, and responsibilities on feeding animals, responsibilities on fixing shelters, responsibility on, you know, attending to the garden, responsibility on harvesting animals, responsibility on a business side of that where we sell some of these animals to local restaurants for food. My kids are involved in every single aspect of of that. Wow. None of those have academia involved in it. You're almost partnering with your kids. That's exactly what you're doing is you're partnering with them, right? So, yeah. So it, that's that's the first that's first and foremost. I'm partnering with them on all the things we're doing. Now, yes, we have very different opportunities um, that we've made sure that we have the ability to that's that's fantastic. What I tell parents to do is as much as you can bring them along. And that may be you went to work all day and you come back and now you've got to cook dinner and you've got to take a look at uh, the family budget and you got to pay the bills. Cool. Guess what? That's all educational. They so, should be cooking the dinner with you. They should be sitting down looking at finances with you, even if they don't fully understand it. They should be going, they should understand your game plan around how I'm going to do finances and now I'm going to work out. Hey, they can come work out with you. Wow. Right. Exactly. All of that is education. None of that is school. It's called real life education. Right. 100%. And I think parents needed to hear that. And I needed a a reminder of that for sure, because I think the key there is slowing down Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm a hundred miles an hour guy, you know, Mm -hmm. just going eight directions and trying to put out fires and get back to people and, and do what I do. But intentional is that key word there where if I'm, you know, fixing well, I don't fix lawnmowers, to be honest. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm let's a, pretend you did. I'm a sales let's guy. Let's say yeah. I knew how to fix a lawnmower. Yeah, let's pretend you did. Um, not going to yeah. happen. But yeah. well, my my 12 year old can replace the yeah. wheel on his dirt bike yeah. because we have a mechanic friend that came over and my 12 year old sure. latched onto that. Sure. And learned, and then he did it himself. The yeah. following time, it was a lot of work, but yeah. he did it for but, sure. So or dad, you or bring, dad could go, "Hey, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to fix that wheel on that bike either." Why don't we learn this together? 
There's this thing called YouTube. There you go. Let's see what we can do. I do want to speak to the parents that have their children in a government school that may not have the option or even necessarily the desire to put them in an alternative education method, whether that's homeschooling or Acton Academy or Montessori or, you know, these other methods, which are great. But the parents that have their children in a government-based school can include their children in all and any of the activities that they do as an adult. Mm -hmm. You know, the myth, one of the myths is that, oh, you'll learn that when you get older, Mm -hmm. you'll understand when you're an adult. If you speak to your child as if they're a genius, they will be. The the thing I mentioned earlier about my friend who's done so well in business, he didn't know not to. Yep. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Normalize what you normalize. You normalize greatness. You speak to yep. these children as warriors. You call them dragon slayers. That's right. And I love that. And I love your hat you're wearing, which says savage gentleman mm-hmm. or savage servant. Mm-hmm. I've heard, yeah. your, you know, the Some guys you're friends. affiliated with, mm-hmm. um, which I want to mention here in a moment. Mm-hmm. But it's this ability to be strong, powerful, aggressive in the mm-hmm. sense of attacking the things in life you need to attack mm-hmm. with the same ability to be soft, heartfelt, right. emotional, Correct. You know, there's a myth again with men that we are supposed to be these big, strong, you know, guys that don't cry and don't admit when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's just yeah. bull crap. Or, or it's the, or you're supposed to be the affable, you know, um, bumbling buffoon, or you're supposed to be the, um, ultra soft or none of those are true. We are designed as these beings that are able to ride the, the outskirts of both, right? There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place, the savage gentleman, right? You operate on both sides, operate on both sides of that. Yes, you're gonna live the majority of your life as that gentleman, but you wanna have the capability, right? It's what Jordan Peterson talks about and he's really kind of paraphrasing Nietzsche when he's saying that, you know, the best men are capable of violence. They're dangerous men who have that that capability under control. Right, like you- And that's it, and I can promise you the most uh, humble, kindest, most giving people I know in my life are the most dangerous men I know. I love that. I love that. By far. Right. By far. It's you, you talked about your son getting into jujitsu, which I think is amazing because that's exactly what you just talked about, which is the ability to cause some massive damage in five seconds to another person. That's right but the self-control and emotional intelligence That's right. to hold back That's right. when you need to hold back. When you need to hold back and you almost um, always need to hold back, right? And what's exactly. cool there too is you actually develop confidence because you've done those things, you've done the hard things. And so then you don't have to waste your time trying to prove yourself to somebody else later because you've already proved yourself to yourself. So we'll talk about a few resources for people listening. Uh, actinacademy.org, mm-hmm. you guys can find out more about, about these schools, schools yep. that are all across the nation, the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I, I had no idea there was that many locations yeah, awesome. and that's, that's a huge impact. Uh, apogee strong.com. Mm-hmm. Instagram is apogee, which is a P O G E E program. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that if you could, yeah. because I have a 14 year old yes. and I've watched a few Gosh, of man. your YouTube interviews with leaders, yep. mentors. That's such a powerful concept mm-hmm. to plug children Gosh. into people that are out there because I I'm I'm one guy. Yeah. I can't right. do everything right by myself. 
I have gentlemen that I look to as well so that I can grow myself, that I can grow opportunities for my family. Everybody needs that. And it doesn't mean that there is a, a, a hierarchy where ultimately we're all looking to one guy, although we should all be looking to, you know, to God, in my opinion, obviously should be looking to God, but right. it doesn't mean that there's a hierarchy of men. It's more of a circle, right? Where I get so much value in certain areas of my life from certain guys because they're further ahead than I am in understanding in specific areas. And then they may come back and get the same kind of value from me or from somebody else. And it's this continuous circle, right? right. And for our young heroes that we're raising and our young men, I mean, that is, it's just as valuable. It's the they same model well. you have at Acton. It's, the it's same younger looking to the older it's the older, older teaching the younger that's right it's and that, that lives same in real model, world man it's a continuous journey joseph camp we talk about him as heroes we we use joseph campbell's framework of the hero's journey and if you look at the the framework of the hero's journey it's this multi-step journey that is in fact in a circle right and so it's ever continuous and so uh, you know what we're doing with with apogee strong is we understand yes look dad should first and foremost be the inner voice i always tell dads you're the inner voice for your young young heroes especially your young men that inner voice that you and i have you know when we sit there and we start talking to ourselves and we're thinking and whatever that inner voice for the young men it starts out that's dad's voice wow so that's a powerful responsibility powerful. that we have as dads, right? Because we're framing internal that. guide. We are that internal guide, right? But as they get older, they inherently are looking for other people to add to that internal coaches and they're looking to, so that's where it comes in. Is it going to be a coach? Is it going to be a great mentor here? Is it going to, or is it going to be this kid down the street who hasn't had a good upbringing and who's going to try to bring them the other way? Is it right. going to be, right? And you're going to have the reality is going to have this amalgamation of all that. So that's why intentionality around relationships and what it's another one of the, the down people say, what about socialization? Gosh, why do you homeschool? What about socialization? Don't they need to be around other kids? They Sure. Being around other kids is great. Do they need that? Well, so you want 90% of their influence to be other kids who may or may not have had really good upbringings and are going to influence them and have no life experience. You want them to be the main influence and not me and not my friends and some intentional mentors and some of these people that are definitely going to steer them in the right direction. That's right. your idea of socialization, right. Right? right? And so that's what Apogee Strong is all about. So, so what is the ages of these boys? How do they get involved? Mentorship programs, 12 months in, in length, but okay. you're invited to stay in perpetuity if uh, we had no charge if you finish that 12 months and you pour into yourself. Okay. So you've got 12 months, you're able to sign up on the website, and what happens is you'll get a series of, of videos, onboarding videos, and you'll get an Apogee code. We were talking about the, the character contracts, right, at the studios or at my house, and so you get the Apogee code, right? You're signing that Apogee code saying, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push myself to live by this code for the okay. next 12 months. Okay. Sign that, you send it over. And then what happens is every month for the next 12 months, you're going to get a new project to take on, a new challenge to take on. And these are not school. These are educational challenges and experiences. They're very cool. They're very fun. They're very eye-opening. Sometimes they're very intimidating. Um, they're challenging. They're, they're made to stretch you, but they're made to do things like create a network to open actual doors for you. Is um, this really just for boys you. or girls this, too? This right here is just for boys. Our okay. Acton Academy campuses are boys and girls. Okay. The mentorship program is just for boys right now. Okay. We'll and do what ages later, can they get involved? Roughly 13 to 19 is really kind okay. of that sweet spot. So it's it's obviously a, in addition to the, it's not a, 
schooling method so it or education. On the young, it depends on the young person. So we've got some young guys that are working full-time and they're doing this. We have some young guys that are in school full-time and they're adding this in. we got some young guys that are homeschooled. And so this is like the mainstay of what they do for their educational experience. We've got a mix. So this is a tool meant to be malleable, to reinforce what yep. parents are doing with their yep. children and so. to combat what they're getting at school. Like make no mistake. It combats the garbage that's coming in through, a, through. So this through is perfect life. to the question I had earlier, which is what are some things that parents can do for their children mm -hmm. to guide them to where they want them to be? Mm in addition to their schooling. Yeah. Because and so if they're in that government school, because I remember you asking that question. So if they're in that school, the well, first thing what they need to realize is you said what, you know, if they're in the government school as opposed to alternative schooling like Acton or homeschool, what they need to realize first and foremost is that the government schooling is alternative. That's alternative. Homeschool, what we do at Acton, life experience, that's education. That's the way it's always looked. That's the way it works for humans, period this system you're putting them in is the alternative and it's an alternative that is failing. So I don't want to ever downplay that. I understand that there's circumstances. I get it. Um, but understand that what you're in essence doing is going, look for two meals out of the day for 16 years, I'm going to give my kid McDonald's and then I'm going to try to combat the healthiness when they come home. While one doesn't necessarily cancel out the other, right? you're just trying to do the best you can to catch up. So I, I want people to understand like that sure. is, that is kind of the, the, the demon, the dragon that you're facing on this kind of stuff. So you you have to provide opportunities for real education outside of it because schooling is doing very, very little of that. And it's doing far more on the other side of it to combat it. Got it. Um, so, so these, these boys that are going through yep. Apogee Strong, how yep. long have you been running that or? We've been running that for, what, we're in July now, so 19 months. Okay. Yep. So you've yeah, had some, now, so we've got some, I guess, 16, and, 17, 18, 19 year olds yep. that have yep. uh, talked to me about one or two examples yeah. of some of the boys that have sort of, you know, what you've watched them soar yeah. into the next yeah. phase. We've watched quite a few. And so, you know, just to give the totality, the overview, you got the projects and challenges that you take on every 30 days. You're also getting a recommended reading for those 30 days. You're getting workouts sent to you for those 30 days. And then every single week, at least once a week, you're getting on with a mentor, myself and, and a guest mentor. We'll do that virtually. Okay. And when I say a guest mentor, I'm talking about billionaire CEOs. I'm talking about actors. I'm talking about musicians. I'm talking about comedians. I'm talking about Navy SEALs. I'm talking about generals. I'm talking about the best of the best of the best. People of greatness. You're not, and that's the through line is they've, they're good men who are doing good things. Integrity. So that's who you're being exposed to. You also have the opportunity to attend battle squad meetings during the week. And what that is, is a graduate of the program who is leading peer to peer uh, kind of accountability groups. And then we're involved in, a, uh, we're on a platform called Workplace, which is a, a Facebook product, but it's a closed group on that. Um, so it's, it is awesome. full on a year awesome. immersive. And then we get together at least once a year in a physical location oh, wow. as well. That's fun. Right. Which is cool. And we did it out here in Asheville. Like a retreat um, or a camp or yeah, whatever you call it. And, yep. And just get after it and hang out and do some awards. And um, so we just want to make sure those bonds are, are real. Those bonds are deep. There's so many of those opportunities. So we've had young men, you know, obviously now that have gone through the entire program, but are staying in perpetuity again at no cost. And all they do to stay in, to stay connected is they just make sure they're active on the forum. 
They make sure they attend the calls. They make sure to host, you know, they might host a 30-minute battle squad call each week and, and um, just pour into some of the other young guys that are going through, you know, projects or challenges. We're creating this cadre of just good young men that eventually, I have no doubt, some of these young men, I will be working with them on various projects. They will go to work for me. They'll go to work for my friends. We'll all be working together. Like, I, wow. that's just, we're, we're, that's what we're developing, sure. right? Leaders. Leaders. Winners. Winners. And so, you know, I mean, I can give a million examples. One of the fun ones, though, is uh, we've got a specific challenge that we call the paperclip challenge. These guys have 30 days. They need to start with a paperclip. And you may have seen there's a TED Talk on this is where we got the idea, right? There's a TED Talk on this, which I encourage anybody to go watch, man. It's fascinating. The guy started with a paperclip and he traded his way up to a house. Wow. Traded. Barter. So, bartered. All wow. the way up to a house from a paperclip. And so he documents his journey on this TED Talk. And it was really powerful. We're like, all right, cool. Let's see what we can do, man. Let's go. 30 days. Now, what is that like a do? competition between? It's, it's just All of it is competition with each other. And then it's competition with themselves. I mean, all of it, it is, right? So, so there's so around. much in that. There's persuasion. There's sales. There's risk. There's time. There's energy, emotion. Um, wow. That's so much. That's a right? cool you challenge. You got to have forethought because if I go, okay, I traded this paperclip for this water bottle, yeah. right? Well, gosh, it's a water bottle. Nobody really, no. Downgrade. This guy right here, this guy right here that just came out of the desert, and this is obviously metaphorical, but he just came out of the desert. The, what he wants more in this life right now is water. So I might give him this and get a huge jump. He might give me his pocket what, knife, and then exactly. all of a sudden. And so that's a metaphorical, wow. like, because if I can go, hmm, all right, what I, I know to me, this is nothing. But holy, like, Joe collects those. Like, and this is kind of a rare thing for him. Like, he would be stoked for this. He'd give me something really rad, right? So right. there's that thought process. Right. There's a lot of a lot that goes into that project. Well, it just we, makes them think too. I mean, it makes making think. your children process something and create is powerful. Yep. So when we've got a young Huge. man who got his very first truck ever. Wow. Sixteen year old man, his first truck started with a paperclip. Started with a paperclip. He never spent a dime. Love it. <laughs> Amazing. So apogeestrong.com, mm -hmm. that's awesome. The other one I wanted to mention is the Squire program. Yeah, man. You're a big fan of that? Yeah, I'm a big fan. And those are your guys, right? That's your clan, your tribe, your mm -hmm. people. And I've been finding out more about that. And so I'll let you explain that. It's a yeah. one-day event. Yep. Squire father program son. is a father-son event. It's a 12-hour event. Um, and it really is a 12-hour immersive for fathers and sons where they're going to go do some hard things together with other fathers and sons. Um, and they're going to, they're going to struggle physically. They're going to struggle mentally. They're going to, um, you know, potentially have some emotional breakdowns or definitely going to have some physical breakdowns and, and they're going to strengthen the bond between father and son by being pushed to their limits with other fathers and sons. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a smaller, uh, not smaller, it's just a different version of, you know, my same friends that run that run the project, uh, for, for men, for grown men. And that one is a 75 hour process wow. uh, and is a very high attrition rate. Uh, we're not trying to push guys out in the squire program. We want all every father and son to get through the entire 12 hours. Right. So, um, but it's hard and, sure. and the 75 hour, you know, the project, not everybody will make it through and that's intentional as right. well. Um, Love it. Yeah. So that's squirepprogram.com. Mm -hmm. I think it's 12 through 15 years old. Mm, yeah. Right around there. Yep. For boys yep. and, yep. and fathers. Wow. And it's from what I've learned from it, it's a powerful environment, right? We talk a lot about creating the environment, which is yep. what we can control. Yep. And a lot of fathers and sons have 
like you said, had emotional breakdowns, sure. bond, connection. And again, another thing that, you know, a lot of homeschooling is creating experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's an experience they that's will not forget. For they, sure. get, they get, you know, sweaty, muddy. They jump in an ice bath. They run. They climb. They take yeah. risks. They um, have some awesome leaders. You have that's some awesome leaders for sure. running that. And that's and the cool thing Navy about seals those, and yeah, man, Ray Care is is uh, the lead instructor in that, and he's a Navy SEAL. Bedros, you know, is the is really the founder of the whole thing. Bedros is a phenomenal entrepreneur, has a great story of escaping communism and escaping abuse as a child, and um, you know, he's worth a quarter of a billion dollars at this point, starting this fitness franchise. And I mean, he's a genius entrepreneur, right? He's a brilliant guy, raised the Navy SEAL. Aaron Alejandrino is a mixed martial arts expert in physical fitness stud. Steve Eckert was a, a Marine um, Special Forces. Matt Schneider is a, a you know, ex-cop ex law enforcement, but runs multiple businesses as well. And, I mean, and look at them, they're pouring into these kids. Bunch of studs and they're Huge. pouring into, yeah, pouring into this next generation. That's what every dad needs with a teenager. You do. And <laughs> these experiences, man, you know, like you said, collecting experiences matters, but being intentional about the experience too. You can collect the experience of, you know, going forward and, and every Friday we get the experience of we're going to go put hot pockets in a microwave. Like, great, man, you're not going to draw anything on that and learn anything. That's an experience. Right. But what are you taking away from that? What do you, did that change you at all? Right. Right. And that's, and again, there's a quote of, you know, teach me and I'll remember for a few days or, you know, mm -hmm. include me mm -hmm. and I'll remember for lifetime. That's, that's right. why. So make it something that's worth remembering. The biggest things I remember from regular schooling that I grew up in is the field trips, <laughs> right? Because totally. I got to see it, touch it, feel it, totally. and I remember it. That's so right. we there's a lot of things that parents can do for their children that were shared today to help guide them into being what we all want them to be, mm -hmm. which we've talked about, strong, capable, kind, confident. And so I really appreciate, Matt, your time all those nuggets uh, I'm going to take away and a lot of parents listening, there's mm -hmm. hope for our future, but it takes men like you yep. to step up. If you have a light to shine, you better shine it That's right. because there's, otherwise the darkness will totally. take always over. Remember there's always hope, but hope should never be your strategy. So, we knocked it out of the park today. It's awesome. This man. was awesome for those that want to improve their lives and their parenting and everything. Um, this was so packed full. So you guys take action and go on, find Matt on Instagram. He's very active there. There's a lot of gold and make your family standards, right? Yes, Let's sir. point our kids to what we want them to be you bet. and make it happen. So Matt, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure. Please keep shining your light and uh, keep fighting. Thank you, brother. Awesome. Be it was a Thank you for listening to the Choosing Greatness podcast. If this has inspired you, please be sure to share it with three to five people. If you'd like to take a moment to write us a review, we would be so grateful. Until next time, thanks for listening.